1: Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross. Welcome to Leafs Guy, Episode 11, Season 3. Jim Taddy with you for about the next half hour. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun is our guest as we talk about the Leafs, who are certainly riding a high. Before we get going, hockey fans, like the lamp winner winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game partnerships. Parlays Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The code THPN. See DraftKings.com for complete details. Eligibility restrictions apply. Well, let's get to the Leafs. What a week it's been. 4 nothing in Dallas. 5 nothing at home to the LA Kings on Thursday night. Different goaltenders, same result, shutouts back-to-back. This team is really functioning at a high level, and even with injuries, that blue line has really melded together nicely, and there's some great moments up front. The Fab Four are certainly lighting the lamp, and then there's some great support players. So the way I like to describe this is the big guns are firing, the support players are supporting the defense, even though it's injury-riddled, is really solid. And the goaltending, wow, this might be a franchise high. This is very good. Wow, that's what I'm thinking. Let's get into the conversation I had with Terry Koshan for the Toronto Sun, and it's all positive. All right, Terry, this might be a short conversation because I don't know what our concerns are. Do you have any concerns?
0: No. Okay, see. I I mean, other other than, you know, I I guess the only concerns would be things that – Aren't impacting them right now, Jim. With you know, the injuries now to Robertson, and uh, you know, Yarn Crock is still out, and you know, Morgan Riley and stuff. But no, there's, there's I, I, if I was going to come up with any type of list of concerns, let alone one or two right now, it would be a little bit ridiculous given the way they're playing.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, uh, the only thing that sort of jumps off the page is with the, the Robertson injury. On Thursday night, and that was a nasty spill he took, yeah. and you could tell right away that that was a serious problem. Yeah. Um, that that uh, open audition continues on the left side of Tavares and Marner, and I, I don't see the answer from within. I don't know how they fixed that, but but it just screams out for somebody to, to new to be added to the scene. Do you agree?
0: Well, it could, but, you know, when, when you're doing what you're doing right now as a team, uh, they've proven that no matter what the position is, whoever is coming to the to whatever slot it might be has done well. And that's graduating from within, obviously, whether it's minute-wise or calling people up from the Marlies. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. There's not a lot of wiggle room, as we know, Jim, for uh, Kyle Dubas to really do anything trade-wise anyway. You know, I I don't know what's going to happen. Perhaps Kerfoot gets moved back up there and they rejuggle the top or sorry, the bottom six. But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is... uh, Everything that the Leafs have done to this point, they've filled the holes have been filled admirably, better than admirably, and I would imagine that whatever they decide to do uh, with Robertson out now uh, it won't be any different.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, when you go back to the Thursday night game, that was scoreless until Aston Reese delivered a nice neutral zone hit that triggered a penalty call, that triggered a power play, that uh, triggered an Engvall goal, that opened the floodgates, and, and that sort of sequence tells you how well they're playing.
0: Yeah, you know what, Jim? For me, it was really from the opening puck, opening faceoff. I mean, at least we're in control throughout. And and uh, you know they didn't score in the first period, like you mentioned, but you you knew it was coming. And the Aston reset sparked it. And you know from there, I don't think we expected what three goals in a minute and six seconds. And then yeah. Marner scoring, well, what a shift for Marner too. I mean, the guy the guy completes a saucer pass from <laughs> the butt, Jim. Better than most players do. Or they're standing straight up. Don't everybody yeah. hear them. You know
1: yeah, that was strange. <laughs> it was, but
0: the hell of a play and then and then he scores the goal moments later. So you know it, it just uh, you know Aston Reese uh, you know doesn't get the recognition. A lot of those lower lower run guys won't necessarily get it. Uh, you know, Martin's been talking at David Camp the last few times he's been around us uh, in scrums and that sort of thing and the job he does. So great to see Aston Reese do that last night get them get get them going and you know um, they getting they get contributions from Eng from camp guys that don't necessarily score every every so often and uh you know Nylander Marner Matthews three that you depend on to do it do it and uh complete team victory clinical last night Jim I, you know you're coming off the road like the Leafs are and yes you have a shutout victory in Dallas two nights later but you know there's a bit of a tendency to be tired perhaps you know it's a bit of a weird trip for the Leafs Tampa and then Dallas you know those aren't exactly places that are close together and then you know, using Wednesday to travel home from the road, which isn't isn't common, and then playing the next day, none of it phased them, and they no. play one of the most complete games of the year.
1: Well, that might be the key phrase. None of it phased them. I, I think you could apply that to a lot yeah. of the pluses that we have. So let's go to a couple of the pluses that we could spend some time on. Uh, the Sandin Lilligren pairing is 3-4 on this team the way it is now, and quite frankly, at some point, it, it will be 3-4, the, the second unit on the defense pairing. These guys have really grown t- uh, individually and together, haven't they?
0: Yeah, and really, you know what, before Brody came back, Jim, it was really, with, with Hall and Giordano, it was almost like 1A, 1B, 1C, one D with those four, because they were doing such great things, the four of them, not together, obviously, but in pairs sandino and Lilligrand have really, I, I think they've surprised people. I mean, if you could say that, yes, we saw this coming, especially with the start that Sandine had and, uh, you know, a little bit of a few bumps, that sort of thing to the season um, contract and all that, but they've been out, outstanding and excellent. And, you know, they do have a bit of a pass together, uh, having played together a bit before, but uh, really they've, I don't want to say they've come out of nowhere because that's not true. Of course, they've been in the system for a long time and two first round picks and all that sort of thing, but, they are really coming to their own at the same time, which you don't often see uh, with defensemen of this age, whether they're playing together or not. So um, they've taken it's more minutes, it's, it's 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 harder minutes, it's it's playing against better players. And you know, one thing Sandine said in the beginning of this process, Jim, that um, I think can really apply and gave them confidence. Said, "Look, we know that if, if something happens that we don't like, we're going right back out there again. We're going to get a chance to rectify whatever that was on the next shift and." Each of them has, not that they've been made a heck of a lot of mistakes, they haven't. But when you have that sort of confidence to go out and do what they've been doing, it just builds your game. And that's what we're seeing with them. And uh, now you hope that, you know, uh, if you're Sheldon Keefe and the staff that once these people start coming back, you know, we know Brody's back now, it's going to be a bit of a while here for Morgan Riley, but uh, you just want to see them continue when there's a full compliment in defense.
1: Yeah, and, and I think what comes out of it, you know, you think back to a Pittsburgh team that won a Stanley Cup with, without a clear number one, but a nice collection on the blue line, that, that may be how we would describe the Leafs when everybody's healthy, that they could cut back the minutes and, and share them a little more equally and and, and help the team long term.
0: Well, you know what? Yeah, agreed. And the things that Sandine or Lillingen are doing now, you know, so you get Morgan Riley back eventually and, and everyone does stay healthy. You know now through this sample size, which is getting bigger and bigger, and by you I mean Keith, they know now that if you need to turn them to this sort of thing once the playoffs start, they, they will be capable of doing that. I know the playoffs are different and all that sort of thing. The intensity ratchets up and everything. The fact of the matter is they have got it done in, in, in more intense minutes, and you know now that they can do it. A month ago you didn't. A month ago if everyone had stayed healthy, Jim, you still wouldn't know what, what they are capable of in these bigger moments and with more ice time. Now you do. You can look down the road at the spring and say, okay, if we need to use them then, even if, you, even if you're, you're fully healthy, you know you can now. And they're going to keep getting this opportunity because, you know, even with Brody back now, you know, I, I think that uh, the opportunities will still be there for the two of them. But um, it, it, it's great knowledge to have going forward, and it can only bode well for the team.
1: Well, I mean, individually, uh, uh, it just has poise and is very consistent. Sandin, uh, maybe a year, year and a half ago, you would have been concerned about that split second he took to, to make the pass. And then he would have been hit. And we go back to the Montreal series two playoffs ago where that's what Corey Perry did. And, and you don't have those concerns about Sandine or Timothy Lilligren anymore, do you?
0: No, you don't. And, you know, but but it's all part of growth, right? I mean, that's, that's what it is. I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is that they're just more mature physically and mentally uh, than they were a couple of years ago. And that's what happens with young defensemen. You go through those growing pains, you learn along the way. And uh, that's what's happening here. Now I'm not saying that they're both going to be Norris trophy candidates, Jim, but they're playing awfully good hockey. And the growth and maturity that you want to see in kids this age on the blue line is taking place. And, uh, not that they are looking for more out of them, but I don't know if you could ask for more if you're key from the coaching staff even that good.
1: Well, I mean, quite frankly, what it is is a draft and development story that the Leafs don't have a lot of. And, and that's important because if these guys evolve into a three, four or second pairing, all of a sudden the scouting department looks good for drafting them, but also looks good because they don't have to look for a second pairing, which can cost you a bit of money.
0: Yeah, you know what it is. And, uh, you know, you've got them in-house and you've developed them and, and it's so key. You know, Jim, just a little bit of an aside to that, the other day in practice in, uh, in Dallas, or I guess we were up in Farmer's Branch, Texas, just north wow. of Dallas. Yeah, Farmer's Branch, they had a rink there. And, uh, you know, on the ice at one time, you've got Sandine, Holmberg, Hollowell, and, and Darja Chinsev, all of whom were drafted in Dallas in 2018. So you're doing huh. right, right things. If four and a half years later, you have four guys from one draft taking part in practice. The next night, three of them play. Of course, SDA makes his NHL debut Hollowell sits out, but uh, uh, it just it gives you an idea, like you say, of, of, of the, the importance of development and drafting properly and all this sort of thing. And, and uh, you know, some jockeying was done the year Sandine was taken and they got their guy and, you know, Lilligren, um, you know, just they, they, both, they both both developed really well. And again, um, like you say, it's not an overly common thing with the Leafs right now. I mean, the, the first round picks they've had are, are you know, are no brainers, and the Marners and Matthews and Nylanders of the world. But uh, when you have defensemen to come later on in the first round, you're not necessarily as sure. Well, they're okay, becoming so more sure with these two.
1: A couple more pluses. Um, we talked about this previously. Uh, Camp and Holmberg down the middle, three and four centers. I mean, these guys are rock solid.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, Camp, Camp we knew last year. We came to know him last year. You know, comes in out of Chicago, a bit of an unknown, not unknown to the Leaf staff, of course, but. You know, you don't see him as much here in the Eastern Conference. And he's just so smart. Uh, and then Pontus Holmberg, I mean, you know, it was funny. He came up earlier in the season, Jim, and I, can't, I think it was one game he might have played. I can't if it was even more than that. But it, Keith, at the time, when they'd sent him back down, said, look, this guy's going to get another opportunity here, and he's going to do good things for us. And at the time, they think, okay, well, and he meant this season. At the time, they think, okay, we'll take that with a grain of salt. We'll have to see when and if that happens. Well, it did happen, and, and the guy is, uh, you're not going to take him out now. You know, yeah. he's just, uh, for someone who hasn't have a full grasp of the language and all that sort of thing, he has picked it up really well. You know, Keith has commented a few times that the systems have just clicked in with him, knows to where to be above the puck, all that sort of thing, the positionally sound. And uh, when you have that depth at center, you, you know, it allows your top six to be a little more creative in what they're doing. And not that that top six needs a push because they are so good at it anyway, but. Each coach will tell you, what do you want? You want good goaltending, you want defensive structure and that sort of thing, but a big part of that defensive structure comes with one, two, three, four, right down your middle at forward, and the Leafs have that.
1: They certainly do. Um, let's go to the biggest plus of all. This, uh, this is my favorite story, the goaltending tandem of yeah. Samsonov and, and Murray. I mean, you know, I was talking to Joe Bowen prior to Thursday night's game, and I said, Bonesy, uh, tandem's for the Leafs, and he was stuck. He said, you know, Bester, um, but the best one was uh, well the, the next two are the best pernt and plant which goes way back yeah. and prior to that satchuk and Bauer and of course before that there are no tandems because there was only one goalie yeah, no, no. Uh, the, the backup didn't dress i mean when you think of when you put that class together you realize that samsonov and Murray is pretty darn good it fits right in
0: well so far everything they've done would tell you that i mean like i say it's we're still you know relatively early in december here a lot of hockey to be played but uh, there's no arguing with what they've done, and if you look around the league and some of the some of the goaltending that you know, some of the goaltenders that have struggled, you know, you point out the obvious in Edmonton and what Jack Campbell's doing out there, and this isn't least me Leafs me to not sign Jack. I had thought in the summer that it was a mistake. Uh, right now, we're being proven wrong, or I am at least, and so do, so are others who thought that letting Campbell go and bringing in uh, Matt Kermit, Matt uh, Murray wasn't going to work. But Murray and Samsonov have been. You know, so good. They were here earlier in the summer gym. They worked out. They got, you know, I, I think starting from scratch too in the whole goaltending department, if you will, and in uh, you know not renewing Steve Briere, who moved on, uh, and in bringing in Curtis Sanford as new goaltending coach. Uh, it's it's it is, if you will, a clean slate of ice for everybody. It has worked. Sanford does have the NHL experience with playing, uh, which I think helps uh, both Murray and Sam Sonoff, given that he's been in the crease in. in uh, in our NHL circumstances. And uh, yeah, you know, you, 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 keep your fingers crossed. Now, if you're the Leafs, that they can avoid being injured because we have seen that already with, with each of them. Yeah. But uh, when they've been in there, it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're benefiting from the structure. And even the other night in Dallas, you know, when there were a few breakdowns and that sort of thing, and and Dallas did have their opportunities where just shrugged and went and did his job and nothing went in 44 shots. I think it was the, since the mid fifties, the most the third most saved by a goalie in a shutout. Only James Reimer and Mike Palmer had more since then. So that tells you about the work he's doing. But overall, he's been excellent. And then Sam Sonoff comes in, you know, last night, doesn't miss a beat, and does what he does. So, again, you, you know, we, I talked earlier about a bigger sample size and what that's coming, you know, on the on the D and how they're excelling. Same thing is happening to goaltending. You know, each, as each game goes by, the, the idea that, you know, well, this could be just now to start uh, – we have to see where this is really going to wind up. That, that idea erodes even more, and maybe it's not even there anymore because they've been so good.
1: Well, and the real plus is the number three goaltender you're comfortable with, which was—I yeah. don't think we've ever said that.
0: I, well, like you say, I mean, never mind a tandem. Yeah. Before, I mean, you're you're putting guys in. I mean, you know, I guess. You know, when you go back to uh, Curtis McElhane been it might have been your most dependable backup, but I mean he never he never really played. I mean, when you went in, you, you had a really pretty good idea of what he was gonna do, but you know, was this is different now because with Murray and Sam if you can put them in at any night and then now you know what you have in Eric Schulgren You had a little bit of an idea last year, you know more this year. And he's got a bit of a, I think he's three two and four in his, you know, some overtime losses, a bit of a wonky win loss record, but uh, Shawgren came in and held the fork for them and uh they know now that if they have to return to him, they can do that. And it's funny, it's a funny situation if you're at least you have that knowledge, Jim, but you hope it doesn't have happen because you want Murray and Sam Sloan have to stay healthy. But yeah. You do know. So but the two guys they have, I mean, Keith can tab either one right now, and you know what you're gonna get.
1: It's interesting as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking that like all teams that uh, go on to success, there's, you know, you think you have it and then, then it doesn't work out and there's a lot of disappointment, but just every once in a while, the, the sort of the stars line up. So I, you know, we talked about this Holmberg and camp that that's a great combo on three and four, the development of uh, Sandine and Lilligren. the development of the acquisition of the goaltenders and that works out. Uh, Curtis Sanford, you mentioned, but even on the coaching staff, I mean, Uh, sheldon Keefe has done a really nice job and and so has his staff and i don't think they get enough credit either
0: well you know what no i mean the uh you know dean chanuth the work that he's done with the d should get some uh certainly some acknowledgement um special teams are are they where you want them to be you always want those to be better but you know there's a reason why spencer carberry um interviewed for a lot of head coaching jobs during the off season uh, because he he's he knows what he's doing and sought after and that sort of thing, but it's just uh, all the way around the, the video guys, you know, Jordan Bean and, and, and what he does. I mean, these guys are on it. I mean, we saw last night again, uh, another challenge successful in the least flavor, in the least fake flavor, flavor or favor, I guess both Jim, but uh, you know, it, it's, um, you, you talk about a team concept and a team approach and, and all that sort of thing. And that's what they're getting right now from everyone on the staff. And um, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's working to a T, and you know, like I say, you, you the funny things too about all this, Jim, and, and the way they played, and I think about the ten zero and three and thirteenth last regulation loss along the way too. They haven't had a game where you think, you know, they haven't had a stinker where they they really got got killed, and you know, they were lucky to win. They've they've been very solid for all this. You know, all of those wins have come in regulation, so. It's starting in early in the morning when everyone's getting their team meetings and that sort of thing with the coaching staff going right through to the end of each game, and uh, you know everybody involved needs to be applauded here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, it's an interesting turn in this story. Uh, when you look out on the ice, uh, and they, they did this before, but not to the same level. Um, you feel that you know the the remember the criticism from earlier in the year. The elite players were not their elite players. They weren't they oh. weren't performing well. They are now. They're they're not dazzling you, but they are getting the job done. And they're great away from the puck. Um, oh. You when you watch them play, you get a sense that they play more for each other than they ever have before. And I think that's a key.
0: Oh, very, very much so. And, you know, even the streak the Marner's on now, Jim, you know, he's not getting three and four points a game. It's usually one or two. and But those points are enough to get them going. I think I saw a stat the other day that, you know, during the run, he'd, he'd been in on the first goal of the game 10 times and the first Leaf goal of the game 14 times. So he's a catalyst. So that, yeah. you know, and again, it's it's not – you know, I know last year against San Jose, he gets the empty netter to to get to keep that streak going. So it happens late, but um a lot of times that that's happening early, and he's propelling the Leafs to something bigger. I mean, Tavares is playing great hockey right now. Uh, William Nylander has been excellent since the start of the season. You know, Matthews isn't scoring at the same uh, you know bushel filling rate that he was last year once he got going, but he is contributing in all areas. And like you say, uh, you know, Marner is just, uh, that's one thing I like about, you know, I was on the road in Tampa and Dallas and talking to other players and, uh, you know, Zach Bogosian brought this up in Tampa and, and Peter DeBoer brought it up in Dallas, just the, the things Marner is doing without the puck and how he's so, so complete. And, you know, this, this streak, if you will, is really the, you know, we all like shiny things. So that attracts us to, to what Marner is doing right now. But, um, you know the play without it, the penalty killing, everything. Uh, just just been a hell of a leader for them, and uh, you know it's obviously it's what you want when you're paying these guys the big money. But they've all been there, and um, that trickles down. And there's a real there's a real sense of camaraderie in the room right now. There's any doubt about that? I mean, winning helps that, but yeah, they're uh, they're playing for 18 or 20. Whoever's in the lineup that night, it's not an individual. It, it, Jim, if it was individual, we wouldn't be talking about the streak and not having lost the regulations. It's, yeah. Excuse me, November eleventh. And if Marners is out there looking for points to keep this thing going, not what it is at all.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Let's end on this. I think one of the other differences in this team, and you know, you're talking about the Marner streak. That happens with him moving down from Matthews and Nealander moving up, which has been seamless. So wow. here's one of the other differences. If you go back, maybe not so much last year, but in the previous years, it seemed to me that everybody had to be in a certain spot for the team to to function well. And if if somebody was out of the lineup or somebody got moved around, it just, it it became dysfunctional. Now you can mix and match with anything and it works.
0: Well, yeah, you've got, so they got the knowledge now. I mean, the pairs, if you will, the, the, you know, Matthews, Nylander and Tavares and Marner had had the the past experience, but you know, you're, uh, you're able to move other people up and down and they do good jobs too. I mean, Bunting has been an example of that back on the, on that top line, if there really is a top line, I think it's, it's one A and, 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 you know, yeah, one B on the, on the top six. But, uh, you know, Kerfin we've seen his ability to do that. Uh, Yarn Kroak had a bit of that before he suffered the groin injury. So, uh, you know, they, they've hit all the right buttons and that in their offseason signings. Cause that's so key, Jim. I mean, the things that Dubas has done last year, it worked. I think we figured out of the five names they brought in last year, you know, 60% of the, three of the five really worked out well in camp and, uh, and bunting and, uh, you know, whoever else the third one was. But um, this year, I mean, it's, again, the same sort of thing, bringing in some depth people and what they're able to do and fitting in seamlessly. But uh, the fact of the matter is, for me, you need that example to be set by your top guys, and that's what they're doing. They're able to fit in and play with whoever they're going to be playing with and excel and produce and, and do things without the puck that's trickling through you need to have the confidence in the people that you bring in that they are able to do that and we've seen it and uh you know you talked earlier about the the, the earlier in the season the best weren't the best and what kind of impact that was having well they are now and we see the impact that it's having
1: throughout the rest of the lineup jerry thanks very much appreciate it thanks jim last minute of play in this podcast all right, thank you, Mike Ross, for that time warning. Lickety split, yes guy, no guy on the way out. The Leafs goaltending tandem. Oh, yes guy. Are you kidding me? Back-to-back shout-outs, different goaltenders. That is marvelous. Yes guy, no guy number two, the Leafs finding ways to win. Oh, another marvelous yes guy. This is an intriguing team to watch. Yes guy, no guy number three, the Leafs playing the game. What does that mean, guy? Well, that means that there's sort of adjusting to what's happening on the ice as opposed to we have to win this way and because they are that's another yes guy and let's end on this the only concern is it's december oh an emphatic yes guy if this was march or april oh boy but it's not so we'll end on that hope you enjoyed episode 11 season 3 of leaf sky hope you come back next week for episode 12